With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. As we see some movement at the takeoff zone, it's Kelly Slater grabbing rail. A clean entry, this thing holding open, it spits. When it spit me, I thought it was going to spit me off my board. Comes out with the spit, spits him out. Comes out after the spit, gets spat out of another good-looking wave here. Spit, spit, spit. We're just spitballing, right? Yeah, I got We're live if you want to give him a shout-out. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, everybody. Spit. The Spit Podcast, Scott Pass, David Lee Scales with you here on this Monday, December 10th, 2018, and um, gosh, David, how long has it been since we did a show? One month. Really? We owe an apology. I owe an apology. You do? Okay. You're going to take the brunt of it, huh? I'll take 80%. Okay. I'll take 90%. Why Why are you apologizing? Um, I scheduled a long trip, basically. I was out of town for a long time. Uh, I came home for the holiday, but obviously you had family obligations. I had family obligations. It seemed like a Sunday was going to be the only option that we could have connected in this last month. And, um, you know, family stuff kind of got in the way. And then you, tra- you had travel plans while I was gone, too. Yeah, I, I, I made an emergency trip on that Sunday out of town, so emergency well <laughs> we don't have to talk about it i didn't know if you wanted to talk about no, it no i mean i mean i had an opportunity to go surfing with my son and i took it got it right. got it got it how was that it was killer was it really yeah 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 nice <laughs> <laughs> that's all you want to say yeah i don't need to talk about it. okay i do want to hear about it though you could tell me off air maybe sure um yeah so i mean a lot's happened obviously in the world of surfing but i'm sure a lot's happened for you as well um have you been, I mean, I was gone for a month, but the waves looked like they were pumping just this past week in Orange County anyway. I was tripping how good it looked. Yeah, it's been good. Seems like it's been good everywhere, you know? Yeah. It's been good in California. It's been good in Hawaii. It's been good in Europe. I mean, in the last month since we last spoke, I mean, did they have the Nazare event? Or was, yeah, they had the, I mean, they had, there was a lot going on. Jaws, I mean, Nazare, Triple Crown. Yeah, the Maui event with the women, a lot of stuff. So, yeah, we should probably begin by i don't know i actually have um if you want me to start sure i have um basically scott's version of the spit awards the 2018 spit awards they're not super fleshed out but um freestyle with you we'll flesh them out together okay so and i was sort of driven by the surfer pole awards you know i was like oh the surfer pole we should do our spit awards which we sort of haphazardly do every year we should organize by the way need essentials thank you very much spy optic thank you very much 
I, I was... Um, Spin Awards are brought to you by Need Essentials and Spy Optic. You know, I was in the Northeast, and it was frigid. And my Need Essentials um, puffer jacket with the hood is legit, dude. <laughs> I mean, that thing, it was perfect. It was a everyday wore it. It was so good. Why did I see that you were going to create a family crest or something? Did yeah. you, you did you really find your ancestral roots? There was just a restaurant named Scales. Here's the funniest thing. So Portland, Oregon, by the way. Was that where you were? Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, Portland, uh, Maine. Maine. Yeah. Had you ever heard of Portland, Maine? Yes. Okay. Did you know how hip it was? I didn't. I don't know much about it. It's freaking amazing. Really? Like nobody on the West Coast seems to be aware that it's the next kind of hip spot to hang. But like on the East Coast, <laughs> what New makes Yorkers it, are flying. What makes in. it hip? Is there a yoga studio? Is there like craft beer? Like it's pretty easy that. to be hip these days. All, yeah, but then those things get played out. Like Portland, Oregon, for example, it was hip. Whatever, fifteen years ago. Right. And then it becomes not hip because everybody goes. Right. This one is cutting edge of hip. Oh my God. Different Portland, equally hip. Right. So um, here's the reality. <laughs> everybody on the East Coast is aware of this. Direct right. flights from New York, blah, blah, blah. There's mm-hmm. 400 restaurants in this tiny little town. Wow. Super good quality. Main Surfers Union is the main surf shop there. Um, unbelievably core community. But anyways, one of those restaurants was called Scales. So I just took my photo in front of it. Here's the weird thing about Scales. Yeah. It's an oyster bar. Snot and a rock? <laughs> yeah. With no, you know, like an oyster bar. Scales come from fish that swim, oh, right. not oysters. Okay. I thought it was kind of silly. Yeah. I'm sure they had fish on the menu. It's a mixed metaphor. But it really was an oyster bar. Wow. So if my family had been involved, believe it, I would have chastised them. <laughs> Anyways, uh, okay. Neat Essentials, thanks for the jacket. Yeah. So the Spit Awards, uh, 2018 overall. And the great thing about the Spit Awards is that we're just these awards are just spitballing like there's really no categories 2018 is the year of the female applause i can hear the applause in the background here's why david stephanie gilmore won her seventh world title right gilmore she clinched that uh record tying seventh women's championship uh, just a couple weeks ago or a week ago in maui and um, she spent much of the year sort of locked in this battle with Lakey Peterson and, and occasionally a few others. The two traded wins throughout the year, each driving uh, the other, sort of pushing each other. And it wasn't until the final heat of the second round of the Beach Waver Maui Pro, as you know, Dave, the last competition of the calendar year, that everything came, finally came full circle for Stephanie Gilmore and uh, Lakey Peterson losing to Alana Blanchard in a heat cinched the deal for Stephanie Gilmore. So... 2018, the year of the female, Stephanie Gilmore, an example. Another example, David, Bethany Hamilton. She continued to wow us. There was a new Aaron Lieber documentary film. Um, What was that movie called? Unstoppable. Unstoppable, yeah. And uh, that included a look at her sort of post-family life. Like, Well, maybe post-family is not the right phrase, but her new family life. An incredible two-bride session at Chopu. And, of course, she had some mind-blowing performances this year, I believe, in Fiji and maybe in Indo. As maybe a, Cloud Break? Yeah, yeah. Cloud Break. But uh, she continues to impress. And then, of course, there was the Committee for Equity in Women's Surfing, which included Elite Pro's Bianca Valenti. Is Bianca Valenti an Elite Pro? Elite Big Wave Rider, I'd say. Paige Alms and Keala Kennelly. And those uh, <clears throat> urged on by California Coastal Commission and San Mateo County Harbor District Commissioner Sabrina Brennan, 
basically forced the World Surf League to allocate the same prize money for men and women. The irony here that, of course, the WSL CEO is a woman. Sophia, is it Sophie? Sophie. Sophie Goldschmidt. Sabrina Brennan, really sort of the driving force, the one with the leverage, the Claire Underwood, if you will. I will. Okay. Um, So she made some political maneuverings, and she sort of got her, um, I don't want to say minions, but she got her ladies in line, and they leveraged uh, a pretty neat, a big breakthrough for women surfing. And then, of course... The final piece to the puzzle for 2018 being the year of the female in regards to the surf world, Backward Finn Beth, the WSL chief commercial officer, Beth Greaves, uh, wandered down one of the busiest beaches in Bali this summer with her fins put in backwards. Luckily, somebody took a photo of it. It became sort of the debacle of the WSL. And um, Beach Grit and Chaz Smith ran with it. All of these things, Steph Gilmore, Bethany Hamilton, Sabrina Brennan, Backward Finn Beth, making 2018 the year of the female. If all of the females could come on stage now and accept their awards, uh, or wait, actually don't come on stage. We'll just give you your award <laughs> behind behind the scene. Why do you chuckle? What is We've got award? a busy show. Where is the, <laughs> what is the award? The award is, uh, it's a picture, it's actually a molded chop hop hairdo, a golden, it's the golden chop hop is what we're awarding. How them. appropriate. Yeah. Now let me ask you this, Scott. Um, why does Beth, Backward Finn Beth, deserve a place in this category along the likes of all those other luminaries who have accomplished something? All she did was get chastised by the internet. Yeah, I, it's mostly just because... It, it was it was she was fun top she was fun fodder she was she, she was, was a, a headline top, maker she was sort of a headline maker and in many ways i think chas said it best bath best <laughs> <laughs> is that it's just it's just fun to laugh and be able to make fun of ourselves and poor beth greaves is a personal you know on a personal level we don't mean any ill will to her towards her however it's this character this backwards fin bath character that um that is sort of fun to you know it's good to be able to make fun of ourselves and yeah. unfortunately i guess for beth she's that person this year but i'm sure she's a wonderful person i understand she stepped down i hope that's not the reason behind it it probably was but yeah, i don't know i don't know either she'll always be with us though she'll be with us i'm gonna always refer to her i i like her i i would like to meet her like i, I only wish her the best and i mean beth greaves not backward fan Beth. i, I had one I'd, interaction with her and it wasn't positive oh really yeah. tell me yeah like you're saying it's you know um she's probably a great person blah 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 i don't know like i don't have any judgment on what her role was at the wsl whether she performed it right or not i don't really even know what her full responsibilities were all i know is i had one interaction with her at surf ranch and it was uh not positive it was like she kind of accosted me what happened fill us in she was having give us the setting what day was this day one uh, it was yeah early days you were there like on a wednesday right i was there for the entire event it was early days i'd say day two I was had like a handheld recording device, and, and you're in the media area. In no, it wasn't even the media area. It was the VIP area where there's lots of people milling around. It's actually made strictly for watching the event and milling around. Lots of recording devices. Everybody's got a camera and a phone in their hand, and she was having a meeting with a couple of other WSL people in the general area just at one of those picnic tables that everybody's at and you sauntered up with your no, recording I didn't. no i didn't i was sitting there first 
And then I would get up, like somebody would walk by that I wanted to interview. So I'd get up and interview that person away from the area just for quiet purposes. And then I'd come back to my station and sit there with the recording device on my hand or on in my hand or on the table. Anyways, after doing this once or twice, she's having what she views as a private meeting, even though there's people literally one foot away in all directions, crowds of people with recording devices. She notices me coming and going. And then she like kind of looks at me, comes over beeline straight to me and just goes, what's that in your hand? And I'm like, excuse, I don't know who she is. Right. So I'm like, excuse me. She's like, what is that? And I, and it was actually in my bag. She goes, what's that in the pocket of your bag? And I open the pocket and I'm like, uh, sunblock. Cause that's the first thing I saw. I didn't know what Were she was asking. I swear to God, I wasn't, I didn't know who <laughs> she was, what she was asking me about why she was even asking. It wouldn't dawn on me that she'd be asking about a recording device because everybody around has recording devices. You know what I mean? Right, right. Like there's cameras zooming in and out of her zone. Right. So eventually like I figure out like, Oh, Oh, this recording device. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. No big deal. And I kind of laugh it off and I'm like, no, no, no. I'm recording this thing for podcast, blah, blah, blah. And she was kind of indignant. She didn't believe me. She thought I was lying to her. Thankfully, one of our uh, mutual friends at one of the sponsors' companies walks over and is like, no, it's okay, it's okay, he's with me, it's with me. But I was like, what a weird way to handle this thing. Do you think she thought you were Chaz? No. Because it sounds like she was like, this person, like, it sounds like she was paranoid. She was definitely paranoid. I mean, she thought for sure I was doing something nefarious. And so she was just going to get to the bottom of it. My thought was, actually, I'm not at all. And that's a weird way to handle it. Even if it was nefarious, that's just a weird way to handle it. You know? Does backwards Finn Beth have an English accent? No. I don't think so. Is she from from the U.S.? I would assume so. I thought she came over. Just a little hostile. All right. Well, you know, maybe she had a bad day. Let's give her a pass. She was... There could be a new, <laughs> new nickname for her now. <laughs> I mean, it was a, it could have been an isolated experience. Yeah. All I know is it was my only experience with her. So how did you know it was her? What, what somebody told you? So then she had a name tag on. Uh-huh. I realized what her name tag was after Backward the fact. Finn Beth on her That's name what tag? it said. Exactly. <laughs> oh it's, strangely enough, it was that exact image. That's incredible. Um, let me ask you this more about that category. Yes. Do you, can you add to it? Or did well, I miss something? Um, I might be able Year to. Year of the Female, 2018. So did you see Bethany Hamilton's doc? I watched some of it this morning as I was researching this. So it's available online now? I just saw the trailer and I saw Aaron Lieber do a, like a five-minute piece on the okay. doc. Because Aaron created the doc. He's he been was, working on it for years. Yeah, like five years. Yeah. So did um, did is it available online yet to purchase? What's the I platform? don't know. You know, I read a review on it. Um, who wrote it? It was, I think it was some mainstream outlet that wrote a review. Like just, you know, not like a surf outlet but like a news like you know oc register or something like that and they basically said it was a pretty good bit a pretty good documentary that it covered her basically kind of like it didn't touch too much on the shark attack and all the stuff that's already been talked about it was more about her life with the family now the struggles of the media really kind of you know trying to access her all the time how her husband has helped to um helped her kind of deal with that you know and has been sort of a grounding force for her and um and then it sort of touched on her i think she had a contest in fiji and she did pretty good she beat two former world Mm -hmm. champions she probably beat steph and carissa or something on her way to losing i think to alana blanchard yeah in a heat in fiji and so the and then the idea was she's lost she, she beat two world champions in this sort of comeback 
And there was sort of this veiled suggestion that if her arm was still with her, she'd be a world champion. Mm. Interesting. That's not even worth discussing, really, in my mind. Yeah, I know. You know I what I mean? And I, like I said, it was veiled. It wasn't like yeah, a... Yeah. But that's what the reviewer wrote. I have not seen right. the film. I'm anxious to see it. I've been waiting to see it for years. Um, I actually bought a camera from Aaron years ago. My Canon 7D is from Aaron. He filmed the Nike film on it. Um, there was like a women's Nike surf film a while back. But he also made a film called uh, Zero to 100, the Lakey Peterson documentary, which was very, very good. And it was before Lakey had her injury, you know, and got kind of derailed. My question to you about Lakey and Steph's kind of world title race this year is, um, how did Lakey lose to Alana Blanchard in Honolulu Bay? I mean, Lakey is by far the superior surfer by really anybody's estimation. And she just buckled under the pressure. Did you see it? Did you watch no, it? No, I'm totally the waves are, to it. The waves are pumping. Yeah. They're like ideal for Lakey's style of surfing Mm -hmm. I feel like Lakey's had this banner year coming back from injury and I had I was like I love Steph but I was hoping for Lakey to win the title and um, the back half of the year man wheels kind of came off well that speaks to what you and I often discuss on this show is that look there's no lack of talented surfers when we get to this level we're talking about mental headspace yeah and that's and apparently according to you she didn't you know she she wasn't meditating or she wasn't focused or something's going on there but i mean that's what it's all about that heat that's what all high level athleticism all high level sport is about they all can box they all can ice skate they all can you know push the little thing in the winter olympics what's that called when they do that that uh yeah i don't know what that is called um what is that It'll sport? Come to me. That's the funniest sport ever. Anyway, point is, is that it, it it's about what's between your ears. Have you been reading a golf book recently? No, it's all golf talk right there, dude. No, that's all high level sport talk. It is. Sports no, it truly is. It truly yeah. is. Golf, I think, kind of isolates that a little more. Kind of, there's fewer variables to get get in the way between your head and the ball. Yeah. Well, there's just way more head variables exactly. in golf. It's just all yeah. mental. It's yeah. just incredible. Um, well, I'm excited to see Lakey come back next year because she clearly has the talent. She has kind of the right support system around her, but that is something where she needs somebody in her corner, sports psychologist, who knows what, to get past whatever happened this year because it was the wheels came off. And I don't even say that as a, as a criticism because she gained so much ground coming back from injury that you can't falter for then falling short like... After she already yeah. gave 100%. But um, the other thing that I wanted to ask you about this category mm-hmm, Yes, is, you're the female, 2018. Yes. You mentioned Kiala Kenley, mm-hmm. right? Yes. She wins the Jaws event. Right. Now, she won that event without making a wave. Yeah, I mean, that brings up a bigger issue, which is Albie kind of complaining about getting those... Um, uh, who's, this, who's this Maui... Uh, Billy Kemp. Billy, yeah, sorry. Billy, Billy getting Kemp, the three-peat. Getting, getting higher scores for not making waves. Kyle, but anyway. The argument being Kai Lenny should have won the heat because he made both his waves. Right. Billy got a bigger, gnarlier barrel but didn't make it out. Yeah, and that's a, probably a different discussion, which is one we should have. But Keala not making... Yeah, she should... I mean, I don't know. I, I, I'm sort of torn. Like, I want the women to have us have an opportunity and they should right Mm -hmm. um 
I always look at it, and you and I always look at it like from a fan's perspective. I was okay with watching the girls get annihilated. Like, Were you? Yeah. Like, if they want it, look, it's up to them. I'm not forcing them to go out. You know, like, it's kind of gnarly, but that's what pushes the sport, too. Mm-hmm. You know, and, I mean, when you look at, like, like Linda Benson's considered, like, the sort of the godmother of big wave surfing. Like, she surfed YMA in the 60s when she was, like, 15 or something like that. And I might be getting my dates and her age wrong, but point is is that she probably went out on like what is now considered small Waimea, probably a 12 to 15 foot day maybe like maxing pinballs and caught a couple waves and today we would sort of laugh about that like that's not big wave surfing but she did it she pushed the limits and then you know we see like um i'm gonna say margo oberg sort of pushed the limits at big sunset beach you know in the in the mid 70s and then you know I guess you could go to Sarah Gaphart or even like um, the boogie boarder chick at Waimea. Um, mm. I forget her name. But anyway, all these women are pushing the limits. And they're and so now the women are at this place where Kayal is paddling out at Jaws and taking off on bombs and getting smashed but going for it. And mm-hmm. so she's just kind of upping the ante. And I'm sure that in – I mean, if history is any – you know, example, we're going to see women charging jaws in 15 or 10 years or less, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe in five years, we're going to see those girls making those waves. And Mm -hmm. it's because of girls like Kale and all the, all the women before her. So it's weird that I'm talking up the, but it's just the way, it's just the way we progress. It's just, it's just, it just happens. I mean, if you just look at history, it's just the way it works. Yeah. So I'm okay with her winning, even though she didn't. That's the long answer. To I mean, question. the reality is the contest is whoever performs the best out there, and she performed the best out there, period. Yes. So whether she made the waves or not, they were better than other people's waves. There was a couple of completed rides that weren't that gnarly, but Kiala's were proper gnarly. Like, she, her wipeouts were so treacherous. Like, you think that she'd end up in the hospital. Yeah. She'd get back out there and then get another one. So yeah. she never once backed down, and I feel like... The two waves she got scored on, she got probably three or four additional waves that she had gnarly wipeouts on. So to even garner those two scores to win, the, she fought for them, you know? Yeah. So there's a lot to be said for that. And let's also not forget, like, it was treacherous conditions, and they called off the men afterwards. They didn't even complete the event for the men. Or so they, do we they want to go the there now? Because we can go there now. Or I can give you my next award. It's the final category. Of the oh, so there's two categories? <laughs> <laughs> wow, thorough. Well, um, how many ca- how many do you have? <laughs> I didn't know we were doing this. Well, it's December 20th, isn't it? Or no, it's the 10th. Um, <laughs> I mean, what do you want to do? Well, when you said go there well, now. The, you mean go there into the Jaws event? Yeah, because... Let's do it. Yeah. Did you talk to Chaz about this already? No. Okay, so who, have you, you must have spoken with... You've done a bunch of podcasts. It was all with East Coasters. Was this discussed? No, because I haven't published any of them. Jaws is fascinating right on many levels the the biggest point the biggest part of it right and david jump in if i'm talking too much the fact that mike parsons i actually for the record i did an interview with chris morrow about this and chris and mike are pretty good buddies and we talked about the call to to cancel the men's event after one heat it was the most compelling big wave heat i've ever watched in my life from a fan's perspective it was awesome did you watch it live yes did you feel this way? Yes. Yeah. So it was just awesome. I mean, we had everything we ever wanted. Maxing jaws were really pushing these men to their limits. 
Um, guys were getting insane barrels. Grant Twiggy Baker, Billy Kemper, they the, were the twig, insane. The Twiggy Wave is the best wave I've ever seen ridden and not completed. Like, he barely doesn't complete the ride, but the drop, the knifing in, the navigating through is the craziest wave I've ever seen ridden. It was right? awesome. And the Do you different, agree? Yes. And the different angles that they provided of us, the great replays. The way he was so low and just sort of skittered under the hood, and it the, was the, mind blowing. When we're talking about did you did they make the wave or not, or should they win the event? Like that was a wave that will go down in history books, even though it wasn't made. Yeah, I mean, I'm calling it's the best wave that was barely not completed ever written. You know. Yeah, and then the question is, if it was made, how would it compare to the Ian Walsh barrel from was it last year or two years ago? It was twice as good. I mean, it Ian Walsh's was, Walsh's was, was perfect. perfect. Yeah, this one was. Ian Walsh's was like huge backdoor pipe. Yeah, this requ- this required twice the level of skill and negotiation. I would say, and, and as you know, on the drop, he barely made the drop. Like there was a moment where you're like, oh, he's he skittered his board, his rail sort of lost engagement with the face, and and when it does reengage, and he knifes at that moment, if it was a foot lower, he wouldn't have made it. Yeah. Like if it would have re-engaged a foot later, and he, and he re-engaged instantly. Like he's like instantly into his bottom turn, and then corrected. If he would have went, oh, I'm going to go yeah. to the flats and get my act together, he would have been done. And which is what—that's all we want out of surfing, by the way—is that not the viewer not knowing whether or not they're going to die. So this is why it was a mistake. The fact that you and I were watching what every—and by the way, we're not alone. Every viewer wanted to see this contest go on. For them to call it because of athlete safety, I guess my feeling is, look, if, if these guys know they're going to maybe die, every single one of them knows they're going to maybe die when they paddle out. Like, nobody wants to see anyone die, but I think athlete safety is kind of, it's a friggin' big wave world tour. Like, you know, like, where's, go ahead, Fred, dead ahead, Fred, Fred Hemmings. I mean, now... On the flip side, I got to say, if you're Mike Parsons, do you want to be the only commissioner in pro surfing history to have somebody die on your watch? That's never happened before. Right. Nobody in a jersey has ever died in a contest. Right. Unless I'm mistaken. I can't remember one. But, I mean... But isn't that... So 10% of me, maybe more, acknowledges that Parsons is way smarter than you and I and has way more experience than you and I. And he's making the right decision, right? We just have to accept that. But that aside, it was the biggest mistake in surf competitive surfing history to call off that event. It was everything that we hope for. With It's everything that the commissioner and everybody plots for, schemes for, plans for. And they're there. And they're in the water. They have all the cameras in place. They have all the water safety in place. To not run it at that point was a travesty. I agree. It was a travesty and a mockery. It was more beyond, than a travesty. Beyond. It was a sham and a mockery yeah. and a travesty all combined, a travesty and mockery. And those guys were going. There wasn't a wave where anybody backed off. They were and the one that And the one that Grant, that we've been talking about, was an indicator that it's like, it's doable. Like, somebody, now that that just happened, somebody's going to one-up that because that's heat number one. And we've got the entire day left ahead of us. Holy cow, this is going to be a game changer. They called off the event, and what does Kyle Lenny do? He goes out and just... Steals the show. Steals the show. And Albie Lair paddled out. Interestingly, they didn't show any of his waves the next day when they ran the event. Really? 
not that I saw, and they did a whole primer. They're like, here's what happened the rest of the afternoon. It got too big for athlete safety. We called it off. But watch Kai Lenny rip it. Which he which was, was being great. towed in, so it's no, no, different. Oh, for sure. Totally yeah. different. Absolutely yeah. different. But point is, is that I believe Dorian, I know Albie Layer paddled out and caught waves. It's on his Instagram. Yeah. He, and, of course, now we can get into Albie, who basically called out the commissioner, called out the WSL, basically said, this is ridiculous. Why are we even doing this if you're not going to hold a big wave contest when everything's ready to go? Yeah. So what's funny is going into this event, I said to somebody, not on air, like off air, I was like, how are they ever going to match last year's event or the last time they ran the event, right? The waves were huge. They were perfect. There was Ian Walsh's 10. Well, what I didn't realize is the only way to outdo it is to get this gnarlier version like it was bigger but it wasn't as perfect and that element of imperfection created a new layer of interest for you and i the fans so that was going to be the only way that they outdid the previous year's event and they had that opportunity and they dropped the ball um albie i mean the only guy you can only really albie is way more credible in talking crap about the event than you and i are because he paddles out there and then does it yeah but the problem is sometimes with people, their choice of words renders them ignored by most people. Albie saying, Billy Kemper, were you sucking the judge's dick to get the score, is just inappropriate. Yeah. That's going to alienate a large percentage of your audience. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, I mean, it's why we love Albie. Exactly. And it's also why we love Instagram, because it's a platform to say things like that. But... I also go, dude, you're our spokesperson, buddy. Like, you're the one guy who has more credibility than these two podcasters sitting in dry land in San Clemente. Would you just not use the word dick sucking in your Instagram? You know what I mean? Okay, so, and then some people have been sort of sending us Instagram messages about this. One guy in particular, I think. And I forget. Eric, maybe? Yeah. Um, But he brings up a great point, which is, if this is the NFL or the NBA and one of their premier athletes is asking if the refs are, you know, using vulgarities in reference to the referees or right. the, the way the, the event's being run, they would be sanctioned somehow. Like there would be it's, a fine, there would be suspension, there would be yeah. something. So should the WSL sanction Albie Lair is like this sort of rhetorical question. My answer to that is hell no. No. Surfers, like, this is, I think, while I can criticize it because it's not going to actually solve any problems by him using that language, it absolutely shouldn't be regulated by the WSL. The WSL should be embracing it. Does it bring more attention to the WSL? It's actually a better thing for the WSL. A little bit of controversy. Once you get to the level of the NFL or the NBA, okay, then maybe... It's it's bad for the brand, so to speak. I think the WSL should absolutely embrace it. They should have fun with it. They should even give Albie airtime and let him voice his opinion. Albie needs to also be aware that he could get that response from them if he didn't use dick sucking in his Instagram. Right. You know? Right. So it's kind of like, Albie, that only really reflects on you. You can yeah. be a badass. You can call him out. And then, by the way, let your surfing do the talking. Call him out. Go out there and show everybody up after the WSL called off the event. Don't use that language. And I guarantee you, you can get the meeting, you know? Yeah, his message is lost, unfortunately. And his message could have been 
you know, right on point and right on the bullseye if he just would have had a little bit of discretion. A little decorum, you know? Yeah. I mean, this only, again, when I say it only reflects on you, it's like, dude, once 10, 20 years down the road when you have a kids who are looking up to you you might want to you probably are hoping they don't find that news story you're probably hoping they don't find that old instagram you know what i mean and this is a great segue for the spit awards okay perfect the surfer of the year is albie layer albie oh. layer for his albie loop earlier in the year which created so much lame controversy his <laughs> candidness about judging and i quote the CT judges get way too excited about backside snaps, which is kind of interesting, actually. I, mm-hmm. I thought I excavated it. Uh, his candidness about scoring systems, about the WSL in general, about, and of course, Albie's big wave prowess. In Surfer Magazine, he talked about his motivation, which is simple. He just loves surfing and will do and say whatever he thinks it will take to make surfing's future more exciting than its present. Albie Lair, congratulations. You're our surfer of the year. I will definitely get behind that. I'm all for it. What I love about it is air guy and big wave guy and the best version of both, you know? And and his candidness. His, we love that yeah. he's like Bobby Martinez on steroids. And, yeah. and they have to listen to him, whereas they didn't have to listen to Bobby. It's Bobby without the negativity, really. I mean, it's, it's, it's critical. Little, yeah, it's, it's, it's critical. Bobby with a little bit more, um, yeah, more i don't want to say intelligence i want to say a little bit more thought put into it it's just less negativity in my mind yeah like bobby's the negative vibe warrior (laughs) 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 albie's the critic taking surfboards from south africa instead of giving surfboards he is albie's the critical vibe warrior (laughs) (laughs) where can albie go to collect his uh award yeah, he, there's a barbershop in San Clemente that specializes in the chop-up. You can pick up your gold, uh, bronzed gold statue of the chop-up. There, it's the San Clemente Barbershop. It's on El Camino Real. Perfect. 110. Perfect. 110 El Camino Real. Perfect. Prefer, prepare for a deluge of customers. Barbershop in San Clemente. <laughs> um, <laughs> what I like about Albi, too, so I interviewed Matt Miola in uh, October, who's obviously good buddies with Albi, and... It's like the reality is nobody wants to leave Maui, right? It's so beautiful. You got waves all the time. Like there's plenty to do. And that's kind of the plight of the Maui pro. And name them. Kai Barger, Granger Larson. Like there's a lo- Clay Marzo. There's a long list of guys who just kind of like come up through the junior ranks, win world junior world titles, get big money con- uh, contracts from sponsors. And then once they hit the early 20s, it's kind of like, eh. They don't necessarily want to go fight for waves at Pipe because there's also waves on Maui at that same time. They don't want to go to California, of all places, to battle out the U.S. Open, you know. So what I love about Albie is he's actually put in some of those harder yards later. Like, he's living in San Diego for more than half the year, pretty much all time. He lives in Cardiff, actually, doesn't he? I'm not sure. I think he lives in Encinitas. Actually, like, going on less than desirable trips to make it happen doing the wave pool stuff like i i, I really gr- appreciate that's a great point i appreciate the hard work the, where are those other maui guys that you mentioned i mean really. living the dream on maui yeah but but not not fulfilling their career like, not yeah, fulfilling their my, career potential point. yeah you know exactly. but albie's kind of made a decision of like well i want to fulfill the career potential well my feeling is if you're on maui and you call yourself a pro surfer you better be in the jaws event otherwise you're kind of not you're just one of the many 
one of the air guys okay, into yeah. the wind. Okay, there's a million of them. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, now, granted, Clay Mars was pretty special, and Miola's special, but I think that's only going to run you so far. I, I think, I mean, when you look at the total package, Albie's it. Albie's amazing. And that's why he's our Surfer of the Year Spit Awards 2018. So good. I like it. I can't argue with that, dude. By yes. the way, Go ahead. Speaking of the women's, um, the year of the women's surfer, they have a CT event at sunset next year. Good. Are you aware of this? I was aware of this, how, yeah. How awesome is that? This. Yeah. How awesome I is that? I think it's great. It's the greatest decision ever. It is great. Now, are they going to have ski assist? I don't know. I don't think they're allowed to have ski assist on Hawaii for some reason. I might be wrong about that, but I think there's some permitting issues or some liability issues, which is why none of the guys have it. But I don't mm. know. Maybe I'm wrong. Mm. Well, that's going to be interesting. We're going to see how that plays out. But that deserves to happen. Yeah, I'm excited about that. What about the surfer pole? My feeling is... Holy it, crap, dude. Does it, I'm starting to wonder if the surfer pole is not only outdated, but just doesn't even matter. Like, does it... Does Maybe. it even matter? Like, I, I get it. It used to matter a lot when Surfer Magazine was the thing that sh- showed up in your mailbox. Does does the surf? I mean, does it even matter? Seriously, it, like, does it, it register on anyone's? I'm so conflicted. I'm wondering if it's that I'm the one who is disconnected from what everybody cares about, or if you, it's what you're saying. If it, if it just has less, it seems so. I was so shocked to see the results. I personally, I don't mind the results. I'm okay with it. My point is, I'm not. I don't care either way. Yeah. I'm kind of like, oh, big, you know, like. But if the results don't um, reflect conventional re- wisdom, yeah, then you kind of question. Well, what are they even doing? And well, my point is, or at least internally, when I was thinking about this, I was like, what they should do. If they're if everyone's going that can't be right, Jack Freestone's number two, that's weird, right? right. Alana Blanchard's number one, that's yeah. weird. This seems like so what they should do, if it's weird, is is grow some editorial cojones and just make up their make up the top ten themselves. Go look. Just like, like what, you and I did. Yes. Yeah, or like, you did. Yeah. yeah, like this is who yeah. the best surfer is. Right. And these are the reasons why. Yeah. And you know, we love Jack Freestone. I'm kind of stoked he's number two just because it kind of it made the story interesting. So when I say maybe we're disconnected, is Jack Freestone a huge celebrity everywhere else in the world? I'm sure he is I think in Australia. He, is via, he already was. He's as you know, you're a big fan of his surfing. He's a great surfer. But because of Alana, I think I think Alana's pulling him up. I I believe that for sure. Yeah. But and how big is couple. But, but but how big is Alana? Okay, so I was asking a friend about this the other day, and he actually enlightened me about it a little bit. I was like Alana's prime days was when she was posting booty shots on Instagram, yeah, right? She's, like she's that's what Alana she's, 2.0 is almost bigger. So that's what he was telling me. He's like, dude, Alana, mother, like m- the kind of young mother showing you the beautiful way to raise your child is all over Pinterest. Yes, it's all over every women's blog. How to like yes. create a natural sunblock for your baby that won't harm them? Like she's all over that, and either her um, management or whatever has seen that opportunity in that market segment and is like oh that's completely unexploited in surfing you and Beth- bethany are the two new moms both from Kauai, both friends yeah go get it like we'll yeah. get you all these endorsements so once i see that i go oh that makes sense why she has 1.8 million followers on instagram and maybe why people would even vote for her in this poll that i yeah. thought was only to do with surfing yeah um but this poll is it's by surfer readers 
It's a popularity. I know, but the people voting in this poll, I didn't think were the ones on Pinterest being influenced by that thing. Well, at that point, you've got her PR people, which are probably way right. bigger than Rip Curl at yeah. this point. They, she's probably got national yeah. a press agent that's just like New York Times. Like somehow, and maybe there's bots involved, and I don't even care about all that. Like whatever. Like you know, maybe there's anonymous voters that are just ringing her up and ringing up Jack too. Which brings me to my point. Which I just stated, right? So the editorial staff should just make the surfer poll their own. If that's point. the case, if the bots are the ones doing the voting, and it's PR teams rushing numbers be. over to the surfer poll website, and there's more people voting in this poll than there is people subscribed to Surfer Magazine, oh, well, there's no doubt about you that. Know, so then it's kind of like you're right. Surfer needs to acknowledge that and go, "Hey, we've jumped the shark," or we've kind of uh, like we always talk about grown beyond where we've alienated our core now and if this doesn't reflect the core then what are we really doing you know time yeah, time in, to in shift a weird way it's a win for the wsl you know because it's like it's like this is the group of people that the wsl really wants to attract is like this pinterest type dude we're seeing harbingers of that all over the place like i think that transition is happening i do sure. too and another example of that is this venice this are you following this Venice Beach leash grab oh, incident? I've seen Beach Grit writing ten stories about it, but yeah. I haven't read any of them. Well, I don't know much about it either. But but the reason I bring it up is it sort of it sort of touches on what you and I are discussing now. That like surfing's going mainstream. It always has, but it's really going to this mainstream level where the distribution outlets of the of the surf media of the surf news don't even have a core base they're just like moms on pinterest Mm -hmm. like sort of like the inertia i guess the inertia has a little bit of a core base do you think it does not really i just feel like do you know anybody who gets their surf news from the inertia or any any entertainment value maybe chaz (laughs) yeah he does it to lampoon him yeah but i mean of your friend group you know but we all no. follow them, I suppose. Yeah, I, I get, I get social media, I, I but get, I never click over. I get their um, their thing arrives in my email. I get their email blast. And do you read them? I read the headline, you know, yeah. like whatever's coming in, and occasionally I'll click on it. Right. More often than not, I'm just I. But that's just me. I don't click on a whole lot. Right. I don't think I'm. I don't think. I mean, I think Zach's okay with that. I think that they're. I think they want mainstream. Of clearly they do, yeah. yeah, clearly, and they've done a phenomenal job of yeah, kind of bridging that chasm. I'd say. When you're hiring for a small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role, and there's no faster or effective way than through LinkedIn Jobs. Your time and capital are precious, and there is a powerful resource that can help you focus on what you're good at and integrate people into your team seamlessly to help grow your business. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team efficiently and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. Everyone is already on LinkedIn with their resumes and references, and now LinkedIn has designed a hiring platform to connect you with candidates specifically qualified for the job that you post about. More than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set to help us all advance our position. 2.5 million businesses already use LinkedIn for hiring, and 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's that fast, easy to use, and effective. 
LinkedIn Jobs can help you write job descriptions, filter the right person to you, and give you the tools to help you interview them like a pro. LinkedInjobs.com slash surf is where you go to post your job for free. Yes, totally free. That's LinkedInjobs.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Anyway, this um, leash pull incident. This Brazilian guy named Wagner Lima. I don't know who he is. Some guy who lives in Venice. Did the question really is it boils down to this? I'll just boil it down. Did this guy paddle out and hassle female longboarders, or as is according to him, the longboarders rudely took over the surf spot and were just being wave hogs because they had a camera crew going and he just wanted to go out and get his? And it was hard for him to get his on a two, three foot day at Venice Pier, and so he was going to get his no matter what. And so he took off on this girl. Her leash did wrap around the nose of his board, but he also could have let go of the leash sooner. You can tell he grabbed the leash, had an opportunity to just let go of it, and kind of yanked on it. Was out it, of frustration? I'm sure he was frustrated that these girl, is, is there was a, a lot of stupid ego involved on both sides. Yeah, is it a video or just photos? There's video. Oh, NBC. Okay. They were doing a thing for like an Olympics. NBC Olympics. Huh. These girls were taking Olympic champion surfing, and it got weird. Huh. And it's the whole thing's silly. It's, it's, it's completely absolutely silly. silly that it all took place at Venice Pier. <laughs> I, know. I, I think it was Venice Pier. It was. No, no, you're right. It was. But that that is, um, I mean, it's obviously super contentious there because there's so few waves to go around and everybody's surf starved in that area. And there's like a lot of kind of ego in that area too. Oh my God, the whole... It's a I joke cannot, if you're even a surfer there. It right? is, it's tough it to be a surfer there. It is. It's a joke if you're a surfer. So anyway, this falls under the surfers are the worst. Yeah, by far the worst servers are the worst yes everyone involved in this should put this away like wagner the girl longboarders anybody else that's involved in this nbc sports this whole thing should just be put away under you know what we're moving on with our lives like this is no place to be tagging yourself minor altercation too no punches thrown minor (laughs) servers are the worst Anyway, surfer poll, we kind of didn't go into it, but I don't know if you give it. The big news is that the thing that stands out, Jack Freestone was the number two surfer in the world, according to the surfer poll. Andy Irons is number 10. So the top 10 list, Andy in 10, Griffin Colapinto 9, Dane Reynolds 8, Mick Fanning 7, Julian Wilson 6, Gabriel Medina 5, Felipe Toledo 4, Kelly Slater 3, John, uh, Jack Freestone 2, John John Florence number 1. I mean, most of that list I completely understand. Great to see Griffin get the call up. Weird that Andy's still there in number 10. Um Jack being number two is the shocker for sure. And then Alana being number one on the women is and Bethany being number no, I get Bethany. Bethany, Bethany makes, makes, sense. makes sense. Yeah. 
So Alana number one is the weird one, but based on everything we just said. By the way, I was kind of shaming her surfing or saying that just uh, Lakey Peterson is the far superior surfer, which is an absolute fact. But Alana was surfing much better than I expected. Like when she fell off tour, she kind of deserved to fall off tour. She wasn't up to snuff with the other girls. Her surfing now is better than it was when she was on tour. I was surprised. It's amazing how freed up you get as a wild card with no expectations. Maybe so, yeah. Which is an interesting concept based on if you and I could trim the CT to 20 surfers and let wild cards come in. That that would be kind of fun. Absolutely. Chris Morrow and I discussed that a little bit. And was he into the idea? Yes. He supports it. He, he likes the idea of a thinned out two or less guys on tour but he really is big on the martin potters of the world getting a chance at the big shots and blowing doors which is what it used to be like that's how that's how martin explain Potter, that concept well so the tour used to be the trials were like four days like it was a lot of trialists anybody all you needed was money and you could be a trialist you could pay up and get in and there was a bunch of rounds of trials and you would occasionally get guys that were just incredible, like um, Nicky Wood winning um, Bells. He was a trialist, like a 14-year-old, 15, 16-year-old. And Martin Potter was like a 15, 16-year-old surfer in South Africa for the Gunston 500, or maybe it was some other event down there in South Africa, where he just plowed through the trials and just blew doors and beat Sean Thompson and beat Tom Carroll. And just like all of a sudden, Martin Potter is a surf star within a weekend, you know? And so... It's fun for us as fans to be able to see the red hot, the, the hey, Griffin Colapinto at lowers. Like, if you allowed him to be a wild card at the lowers event, you're going to see some of these red hot lower surfers blowing doors on the CT guys, and they have nothing to lose. They're not going to gain points. They're just there to really kind of, like, put a dent in some CTer's ego. Yep. I'm a big fan. So if we could have 20 guys on tour with, say, six or eight wild cards based purely on a pick. You don't even have to have trials. You just go, you know what? You're in, dude. Right. So Dana White style. Totally agree. Um, we can use that to kind of tee up. Oh, you've got the new C-tiers list right there. I was yeah. going to say we can use that to tee up the Pipe Masters event, which the waiting period started uh, yesterday, two days ago, and it hasn't quite run yet. But Seth Moniz gets a wild card spot into the event. Um Via, as, a, as a billabong team rider? I think it might be because he gets John John's spot. Uh, John John withdrew, and so Seth gets the call up. He's like the next Hawaiian or something? Something like that. Yeah. And so that, I'm like, oh my, that's a perfect fit. That is a, He has the potential to do exactly what you're saying and upset the entitle, the entire title run. You know, He's going to get... I, actually, will he get pitted against the number one seed as a wild card or the top seeds? Uh, well, if he gets John John's spot, he gets John. He gets I don't John know. John's I don't seed, really know. Maybe I looked at the seeding this morning; it wasn't updated. Got it. At least the one I looked at. Okay. From the WSL. All right. So who else is on the list? Well, the new C tiers: Seth Moniz, Ryan Callanan, Peterson, Chris Santo, David Silva, Ricardo Christie, Leonardo Fiavervanti. Jadson Andre, Solie B- Bailey, and Jack Freestone. So more than half of those guys Five are of them. coming back. They've gotten kicked off in the past. Yes. Um, Seth Moniz is brand new. Peterson Crisanto, David Silva, and Soli Bailey are the brand new rookies. Honestly, Peterson Crisanto is an unbelievable surfer. 
who's like they I honestly, they I, all are not really like he's on a different level. He's not I've Ricardo said this Christie. Before. Okay, I've right. said this before. He's better than Ricardo Christie, is right, what I'd right, say, for right, sure. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited to see him. Seth Moniz is my pick, though, out of all those. Yeah, there's no doubt. The Seth Moniz is basically pinned to be the the greatest surfer since John John to come from Hawaii. Yeah, there's no doubt that he is. Seth Moniz excites me as a fan, and Soli Bailey excites me as a fan. I haven't seen much of him except for this sunset event i watched a lot of him at sunset and some of the stuff i read about him this morning was kind of interesting that he's got new school moves and and he's kind of this quiet kind of like simon anderson he's not like a loud brash aussie right and um but more than anything there's a lot of guys i don't want to see on here yeah i don't necessarily need to see ricardo christie again on tour and really that's the only one that sticks out i, I think leonardo's going to come back sharper and that's a good thing what are your thoughts on leonardo fioravanti we saw him for a season he just obviously shreds and like i think he needed to fall off tour that's think? what i think i think okay. he's one of those guys that needed to fall off tour now that he has it's going to be good for his mental state yeah he's going to kind of realize what what he lost what could have been and i think he's going to be hungry and focused it's hard to stay on tour if you're a rookie yeah. and there's a lot of expectations on you and you've there's a lot and you've wanted it your whole life too i mean he was born and bred for that position um he spent some time in huntington beach five or six years ago did like a half a year in school there in high school just to kind of like get ingratiated into the orange county surf epicenter and um he was a super nice kid surfed really well everybody i've known who knows him says nothing but positive things that he's just like the most likable positive great surfer hard work ethic all that stuff his fundamentals are super sound so he could have but for me there's an element if i'm going to be critical there's an element of it missing some surfers have it john john has it without a doubt you know like that for leonardo i just he's almost too groomed almost you know like that's the new era of that surfer in the last 10 years or so starting with maybe Chloe Andino where I feel like yeah you got the equation you know the equation and you can pound the equation like day and night but the equation isn't sexy yeah and if you throw a variable into the equation maybe the equation doesn't equate right but I feel like that's been my criticism of Kanoa and Kanoa has blown my mind like Kanoa's outperformed all of my expectations you know so who am I? I yeah, I'm know. intrigued by how the Japanese culture plays into Kanoa's mindset. Yeah. He seems like steely. Like like you can't mess with him mentally. You know, and, and he, he doesn't come off that way. He comes off fun-loving American Huntington kid. But I think that he he really has a, a I and I'm just I'm just fully riffing right now. I don't know. I don't have anything to back this up other than it's just a silly theory I have about him. But I think the Japanese culture helps him a lot Mm -hmm. like that his upbringing with his japanese parents which he has true japanese parents somehow or another he's got kind of like a mental work ethic or i don't you know i don't know how to put my finger on it but i think he's got something that will that is hidden that's very special and i i have predicted that he will be the world champion you have next year you think so that's what i said okay okay no i don't he's he will be your 2019 world champion i like it it's a bold call I agree with everything that you're saying. I think that there is something in his DNA beyond just kind of like, you know, the social environment that he was raised in with his family. I think that a lot of that Japanese culture 
that we see, I mean, they're certainly known for like meticulous craftsmanship when they're making something, but also meticulous practice when they're doing anything. And I think that there's this understanding of the culture is more important than this individual. There's a greater good, and we're all making our small contributions to this greater culture. And I feel like Kanoa does have some of that. And when you have a greater good that you're working towards, a lot of your pride and ego gets pushed aside. I'm not doing it for me. I'm doing it for this other thing. And that that definitely feels like where Kanoa is operating from. Absolutely agree. And uh, I expect big things from him with the Japanese Olympics coming up. Uh, There's just a lot moving positively for Kanoa. What are your thoughts on Jadson Andre's name on that list? I... I was kind of anti until you watched that. Heat. Yeah, I yeah. watched that heat at sunset, and I saw Strider gushing about him. And then I heard Jadson speak afterwards. I really like Jadson on. Want us all over? I, I'm a big fan of his. I actually of these guys on here. I hope he. I hope he kind of blows doors. I secretly would love to see him in the top ten next year. So I like this guy. He's. I know. He, I, there's a humility around him. He, Absolutely. He's, he's right sized. He's he's kind of got. He's kind of got our other guy. Um, Who's our other favorite Brazilian blue collar guy? World I- title. Idolo? No, oh, no. world title. Gabriel uh, Medina. No, no. Felipe. Um, no, no. Miguel De Souza. Adriano De Souza. Adriano. He's kind of got the Adriano work ethic. Like he's just totally. got his head down Completely. and he's just trying and he's quiet and he's. But he's way flashier, way better style. No. You don't think he's got a better style? Than Worse. He's Andre? equally bad. Equally bad oh, style as Adriana. Dude, his style's atrocious. There's, Wasn't he the Floatergate guy? Adriana was Floatergate. Oh. Adriana did the big eight-point floater in Brazil right. that took out right, right. Owen Wright's air, air reverse for Anyway, Jadson, I'm so, a big fan. Okay, here's the problem for me with Jadson. There's never been a bigger divide between for me in my brain between like really sentimentally loving somebody and their surfing being atrocious and hard to watch (laughs) like his surfing is so bad looking and then i love him so much and in my brain i can't reconcile the two i can't backside he's not bad oh my god it's bad dude he just does those kind of standard Brazilian vertical backside hacks. I mean, how how can you make those look? No, bad? I can't. You cannot compare his backside hacks to Idolos well, no, or to no, Gabriel or no, to even no. Miguel's. Miguel's got buttery style, you know. Jadson, yeah, Jadson's like lanky and stretched out and like flailing arms. <laughs> now, here's what's crazy: is he clinched at sunset? With, I mean, literally in the last two minutes. With a huge backside? And six minutes with the heat, with six minutes left in the heat, he gets his first meaningful score. And you're like, oh, that, he was in fourth. I'd never thought that he'd come back with six minutes left at sunset of all places. Gets that meaningful score. And then two minutes left, gets a second score and ends up winning the heat. He did this last time he qualified for the CT. I feel like two years ago. It was this same thing, semifinals at sunset, big scary waves, and he somehow pulls it together and has the mental like freak out on the sand, which deservingly, like you would, he did it again for the second time. So like seeing somebody work that hard, honestly, with limited talent is amazing to watch. It's like spectacular and you have to get behind it. But here's the problem. We have to sit through 11 events next year watching him surf in those events <laughs> against... John John Florence and yeah. guys that we love, you know, yeah. guys who Idolo Ferrer, guys who actually are, you know, 
Yeah. Real talent. I know what you're saying. You, you're, you, you make a lot of sense. Objectively, it makes tons of sense. Your heart's with him. Right. But you watch the <clears throat> surfing and you go, ugh. Yeah. Can I get can I get Jack Freestone back on tour, you know? I mean, how many times have you put Jads and Andre on your fantasy team? Zero. None. Zero. <laughs> Less than zero. <laughs> oh, but Lord. everybody loves him, too. Like, everybody who's ever interacted with Jadson says he's, he's my favorite human guy. being on the planet. Yeah. So I say all of this, I mean, objectively, like, not really to criticize him as a human at all. It's just, we want to watch the best surfing in the world, you know? Yeah fun to watch though i mean the that kind of sentiment sentimental part of it is fun to watch um what about jack freestone on the ct i love it i think jack okay fatherhood maybe that'll do it for him jack it was so underwhelming to watch him his one year on tour when he was a rookie and he got bounced off because i think he's the next i mean he's almost the next coming of maybe taj in a way like a taj slash joel parkinson Hmm. um I don't know that he's got world title potential necessarily, but like he's really well-rounded, really beautiful to watch. You bring up a good point, though. Who who on here does have world title potential? Um, Seth Moniz. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people love Ryan Callanan. Yes. I'm not really on that bandwagon yet. He's got like Luke Egan power, and he does like crazy airs. We've seen him do flips, but I don't know. He's um, he's an interesting story. Why is that? Well, he had some... His mother and his father died, like, within a year. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Last year, I think, or the year before. Holy cow. Yeah, so he's had some major familial trauma. And so that's why there's this... That's why you'll kind of... They won't mention it, but you'll hear, oh, we're so glad that Ryan's doing well. You know, like, you'll hear these things, and you're kind of like, what do they mean? I didn't know. Yeah. And so there's, like, sort of behind the veil on tour, there's a lot of people pulling for him. Because of that, which makes sense, right? Well, good. I'm glad that he yeah. earned his way back on. Yeah. What about? Um, I feel like that was always not being said about Nat Young as well. Santa Cruz Nat Young. Was there some family Trump? something? I don't know what it was, but it was like he, you know, he hit he hit the tour with so much. Like he won events and he was like top ten, and then he kind of just disappeared and didn't requalify. And I never heard the story as to why. What do you why. think is happening with him? Like, like, uh, so I interviewed Damien Hobgood. The next boardroom podcast will be with Damien. No, no we did it. One. Yeah, right. We just did it. So, as you know, this concept of... He brought up this great thing that surfers go through a midlife crisis at age 30. Pro surfers on tour. Because it's like, uh-oh. Now what do I do? Like, what do you think Nat Young's doing, like, for work? Well, he's still on Hurley, as far as I know. Um, and he got amazing waves up in San Francisco this last run. Josh Kerr was up there. Like, they scored double That's another head. guy. What's he doing for work? Like, those guys. Like, Josh I wonder. Kerr, Josh Kerr did great to diversify business interests. He's got a beer brand. He's got all sorts of. So, I think he's busy and happy. Yeah. And he's raising a family, which. Yeah, David but you got to support about. it. No, and he does. Yeah. I mean, he's got, no, like I'm sure I said, he does. all I'm that just, stuff. So Nat Young, I just kind of go, man, is he, is he even tr- grinding Not, on the QS or is it over? Is like his professional career over? I think he would uh, really, it'd be a mistake for him to quit pro surfing at this point. Like he still has all the potential in the world. Yeah. He, I think he's also disheartened by the losses. Yeah. There were some close losses. Tough. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's kind of ace bucking 2.0 in a way where it's like, he needs to find a new gear for his surfing. Ace has been great at getting three backside snaps and getting an eight, but you need to find a new gear at a certain point to like just mix it up for the judges. And I feel like Nat 
needed to do that and he never really figured it out so if he could come back on on tour with a brand new repertoire you know that would be the thing and of course there's these these new ctrs these brazilians that we i really don't know anything about um i know you follow every friggin 1001 star i do <laughs> ask me i'll tell you <laughs> But I, I, David Silva, I imagine he's just some sparky little lightweight Brazilian like they all are. I don't know. I've seen him, his name so many times over the years. I feel like he's been on the QS for 10, maybe like seven years, and never stood out to me as compared to all the other QSers. So I'm kind of surprised to see him there, but obviously he earned it. Peterson Crisanto. Peterson Crisanto was Billabong's huge bet like five years ago. Yeah, didn't he win the World Juniors or yes. something? As like a 15-year-old or something? And he was spectacular. Yeah. Like, and really. And he beat Gabe. Didn't he beat Gabe in some World sounds Juniors? Sounds about right. It was like he, he and Felipe Toledo, they looked similar in a lot of ways. Yeah. And um, he lost some sponsorship and kind of disappeared for a while there. But I'm thrilled to see him back because I do think he has the talent. So we'll see how that pans out for him. And I've never seen him surf big waves. That's a different thing. Um, so going into pipe, yeah, I'll just shift gears a little bit. Let's do it. Idolo, I'm expecting big things from Idolo. Man, did he surf Sunset good? And and with abandon. I thought he was going to break his leg or do something to a knee or something. He was doing crazy floaters. That's always his strength is abandon. Yeah. You know, like, and even sometimes it's not just in giant airs. It's the speed at which he hits a lip at bells or something like you, you wouldn't really see coming just explosive yeah. explosive and then because of the explosion kind of a loss of control but then always controlling it in the end really um so i'm a huge fan i i think it's a good call because he'll throw himself over the ledge for sure there's nothing he won't go on so i like it but realistically it's a three-way title race who, who, which of those three bows out first uh, Felipe. Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to go down to Julian and Gabe and Julian Gabe. And and there and there will be um, an unknown, a, a spoiler, a guy like Ila or a guy like who knows, Kaloi, Luke, uh, Zeke, Lau, somebody that's going to go up against one of those guys at some point and do some damage. So here's the. Do you want to hear the title scenarios? Sure. If Medina finishes first or second at pipe, the two he wins the title. If he finishes third. Wilson or Toledo need to win the contest to win the title. So if he, there's an opportunity there. And if Medina finishes anywhere from 5th to 25th, Wilson or Toledo need to finish 1st or 2nd to win the title. So Wilson and Toledo are in the exact same position. They're both hoping Gabriel loses 5th place or worse, and in which case they would need to make the final to win. Cool. I think it's doable. Yeah, it like, is. The reality is Gabriel doesn't finish worse than the quarterfinals at Pipe, if you look at his track yeah. record, and he often makes the finals. He made a final against Julian once, and Julian ended up winning that. So Julian's the Pipe master, but the odds are against him. Kind of, you know, again, Gabriel's going to make the quarters. The forecast is solid for Pipe. Starting like, Wednesday? Well, even today and yesterday, really? like, it's big. Like, there's yeah. no lack of swell. It's the right. winds that they're kind of concerned with, but it's... Five to eight, six to ten, ten to twelve, six to eight, eight to ten. Like it for the next, basically through the waiting period. There's like one or two small days. Then like at the end of the waiting period, it looks really solid. So the opportunity for big pipe, real pipe, good pipe, uh, is there. So that's cool. How grateful are you? I'm stoked. I'm so psyched, dude. Yeah. So frothed out. I hope they don't start tomorrow because I have some business to do tomorrow. But cancel your plans. <laughs> Clear the schedule. Yeah. Exactly. 
Um, Must see moment. Well, one other thing. Let's talk triple crown rankings real quick. Um, Joel won Haleiwa. Zeke won Sunset. Jesse Mendez is actually in first for the triple crown. Joel is a thousand points behind. Zeke is third. Solely Bailey actually has a shot. But realistically, he needs to make it through the pipe trials. He is in the trials. So he needs to make it through the pipe trials, obviously, to garner points in the third crown of the event to uh, have a real shot. But Jesse Mendez is looking like a potential triple crown winner. I'm not, for some reason, I don't get too excited about the triple crown. I'm not sure why. It used to be the most exciting thing. I'm not sure. Does it, I mean, who won it last year? Griffin Colapinto. That was a test. I was testing you. Thanks. Did you know the answer? No. Well, kind of. But my point is, is that I was hoping you wouldn't know, and I would say, "See, it doesn't really matter." Right. Which we've done that before. You oh, and all I the have, time. Yeah, yeah. But did I do? I have noticed that they're kind of pushing it more. As, you know, its importance. You know, and I think it is important. I just, as a fan, I'm not like, "Oh, who's going to win the triple crown?" It's kind of like the last thing on my Here's, on my agenda or on my thought process. It's the last bullet point that I care about. Let's excavate excavate why um do you care should holly eva be in the triple crown well if you could convince me that there's a better location for the one of the jewels doesn't even have to be on the north shore it could i mean jaws could be a part of it waimea could be a part of it um obviously there's not big events at a lot of other places other than what we've mentioned well it's going to be a qs 10,000, right i mean here's the problem so it can't be really a jaws because of the amount of surfers in it, it has to be holly eva for those reasons but i watch it it it's like such a slow start to the triple crown when you know you're starting there it's kind of like eh, maybe i'll watch maybe i won't maybe yeah. i'll just watch the highlights yeah. you need a big bang of a start to the season for yes. the triple crown yes and that's just not it and like that's it's, a really good point it's rippable but you know but where else do you do it i don't know there's so many permitting issues and politics and uh, it is kind of the one where you kind of go uh i don't know you know yeah. it's not that thrilling of an it's event it's not that thrilling of an event um it always seems like the winds are weird and then the the fact that like pipeline is a CT event, so not all the Triple Crown competitors have access to that event. Well, my first thought was, could you do two pipe events? Like, could you do an early season pipe event, yeah. go to Sunset, and then finish with the CT? Yeah, I don't... Yeah. I don't know. Also logistically challenging. Yeah, there's a lot of challenges. Um, it might just I, be... It is what it is. The obvious... I think the best thing to do would be to move it to Laniakea. But... There's no way they're going to get a permit for Lonnie Kea based yeah. on parking and infrastructure and all that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure. Um, they used to have the event at Lonnie Kea. Well, they had the Duke there. They had events there okay. back in the day. Um, psyched to see Joel win Holly Eva, though, despite all of that. And wouldn't it be bad to see him win the Triple Crown as a whole uh, in his swan song? Yeah, he seems to be surfing without a care in the world, and it's showing. I think... Uh, Damien, one thing that he said to you in your interview with him on the Boardroom Podcast was that he thinks Joel is like the most successful surfer ever on tour to integrate family and, you know, competitive surfing. Good insight. Great insight and true, I believe, mm -hmm. you know, and like not worth looking over. I mean, worth not looking over because that is the hardest transition for a lot of male pro surfers is transitioning into family life some of them try to do it on tour some of them do it very unsuccessfully or don't do it successfully and 
Joel's worth looking at. Like he's his family oh, sure. travels with him. He won a world title Absolutely. while doing that. And I think a lot of guys have consternation about it. Like they leave, like shoot, leaving family at home. How do I pick surfing over family? Or they give up pro surfing because they actually want to support or they want to spend time with the family. And um, no, you're right. It's probably been the, it's a, it's the downfall. It's a fascinating of a lot of concept. It's a fascinating point that he made. And it is one that's overlooked, and it shouldn't be. Like, it could be excavated in a really good, you know, journal article or something like that, you know? Like, yeah. Because it's a difficult thing, and not many, like, as you say, not many people do a good job of it. And Joel seems to have found out how to do it. In some Quietly. cases, it's ruined. You know, yeah. it, it came down to my pro career or my marriage, and the marriage took the back seat, and there was divorces. More often than not, I'd say that's the case. Yeah. More often than not, the career gets picked over the family yeah. or at the expense of the family to varying degrees, of course. But um, I remember running stats like two or three years ago when you and I were talking about pipe and I ran all this in like the world title and I ran stats of like every world tour or every world champion who either was married at the time or had kids at the time and then <laughs> tried to predict what was going to happen. And my prediction was wrong. But, you know, it's like Julian Wilson. OK, this year had a kid while he's on tour it could actually empower him to win the world title because now he's working for something bigger or it could diffuse his energy and his focus and distract him from winning the world title you know yeah and and specifically with julian if god forbid because i want him to win the world title he doesn't win the world title what does it do to his mental state going into the next year like how deflated do you get like how like when you're that close and you don't pull it off, um, and I guess a lot of it depends on how how you get second place, like how pipe plays out for him. But it's got to be tough to kind of re-energize for another campaign. It's different if you're like eighth and you're like, yeah, I'm gonna really go for number four. Right. But if you're this close to what everyone is saying, dude, you need to you need to win a world title. Like you're one of those guys that needs to win a world title, or you'll be forever, you know, Jory Smith. The guy that was really, really good, but had too much too soon. So let's analyze that real quick with him and Gabe. Gabe goes to Brazil, hits the gym. He's looking shredded. I haven't really seen any footage of him on the North Shore yet. I don't know if he's even there. So he's not prepping. Let's or not prepping in the surf. He's prepping outside and um, cross training. Julian, on the other hand, I saw footage of him from Pipe. He put out like a five wave little Instagram thing. Dude, when Julian's on, he's unbeatable. Like, he looked unbelievably sharp, confident, blown out of crazy pits, so much style, perfectly deep, like not, I mean, flawless, truly flawless. Yeah. And I sent that clip to a buddy, and I was just like, Julian, when he's on, is unbeatable. He is the definition of perfect surfing. Um, but he obviously doesn't always translate that in events. Who Who's your pick? What's going to happen here at Pipe? You mean to win the world title? Between those two guys, what's it coming down to? Well, I, you know, my heart wants Julian. My brain tells me Gabe's pretty friggin' hard to beat. Yeah. Gabe's hard to beat. Something weird has to happen for Gabe to lose. Like like a, a, a bad heat with waves, you know, where he, like there are just aren't a lot of waves. Or maybe, he, you know, he falls on one that he really needed and, and it puts him in a weird place mentally. Something, if things just play out perfectly, you know, and there's tons, you know, like Gabe's going to be hard to beat. If there's just tons of waves and everything's sunny and yeah. we need something, for those of us that are Julian 
lovers and are fans and want to see Julian do it, something has to happen to Gabe. I, I don't think that they can both just march through simultaneously without any heats that are problematic <clears throat> without, um, you know, without Gabe uh, winning. So I, I feel like almost kind of to your point, but the opposite version, something special needs to happen for Julian because Gabe succeeds despite those shortcomings. If there's no waves, he goes to the inside, boasts, boosts a 360 air and finds a wave. Um, well, I'm sort of suggesting that something that happens bad to but Gabe it, it is... But it doesn't. It doesn't. You know, it's it like... Can. He, We've seen it happen. He wills We've into s- existence. We've seen him frustrated, though. We've seen him in situations... Yeah. But what I'm suggesting is <clears throat> those things happen to Julian every event. There's always a heat where he gets starved for waves. He gets an eight, and then he doesn't back it up. And so... Yeah. Gabriel no, wills right. things into existence yeah. in a way that has made him successful and nobody else really is able to do. Julian needs to tap into that. Julian needs to go in there with that kind of mental willpower of there's nothing that will prevent me from winning this world title. Waves be damned. You know, well, like, for sure that. And I I might suggest to you that Gabe actually might be a better strategist. Like Very much It could so. be that Gabe and, and Charlie are like going, here's what happened in the last three heats. You need to go out and get an initial score right away, then go sit for your eight, then back it up with a four, and then if you can get another eight, you know, whatever it is, yeah. I think they have a pretty oiled out and buffed out and buttery game plan. And ten, and, and ten game plans. So when the first one or two don't work out, they're implementing plan C, plan D, plan E, you know. So, well, absolutely. so your pick is Gabe. My pick is no. <laughs> My pick is Julian. Okay. Yeah, my pick is Julian. That's who I want to. That's who I'm rooting for. It would not surprise any of us if Gabe Medina is our world champion. Okay. Or your world champion. He really won't be mine. I'm picking Gabe as a finalist, therefore winning the world title, losing in the event to Joel Parkinson. Wow, that's a good pick. Now, interestingly, you you haven't mentioned Kelly Slater at all. No. Is his career over? Does he even care about this? It's worth a worth a discussion to see how he performs at Pipe. Is this his, is his swan song, right? Yes. Is he he gets in no matter what. They're just going to give him a spot as I an injury wild card. We don't know that. I would I would presume yes. Since he's part owner of the WSL. Yes, correct. Um, the answer is is his career over? It, I would answer yes. His pro surfing ambitions of like winning a twelfth are over. Really? So you don't think he goes into twenty nineteen like. I'm internally. I want to win this thing. I'm going to train. Yes, he I'm going does. To, I'm going to eat. He's not going to say it outwardly. He would never do that. He but. does all those things, but the fact of the matter is, he can't surf as good as Felipe Toledo and Idolo Ferrer right. at Snapper next year, right. or even maybe at Bells next year. He can he when the waves a, are. He needs a win at Chopu. He needs a he, win. He at could do big, that. Yeah, he can win at Chopu. I'm thinking about where he could so, win and where he could get semis or quarters because that's really all he needs is like two or three wins. So if the waves are flawless and pumping at J Bay, Chopu and Pipe, yes, he's a and Cloudbreak for yeah, sure. Yeah, he's no, a but contender. They don't have an event at Cloudbreak. Oh, yet. that's right. So he's a contender at all of those spots. He's not a contender even at Surf Ranch. I would say. He's not a contender at Margaret River. He's a contender at France if it's big France, if it's good beach break. Think France. about the other guys though. Like Gabriel could smoke him there. Like yeah, maybe. Idolo. 
Um, I, so I just think, I think Kelly, his, where he was the best on tour at a given spot, there was 10 or 11 spots in previous years. The number of those spots is now dwindling yeah. and the waves also need to be firing for mm-hmm. him, not only to perform at his best, but to even be motivated to perform at his best. Right. So I think that he's a victim of really, again, that Over diffused, yeah, the diffused energy thing. Like he's got more bigger, more important things to do at this point. Yeah. And again, I just think Gabriel or Felipe and Idolo have more talent at mediocre waves. Period. Yeah, I see his next year's campaign as more. It's a swan song, and he will be a um, he will play the role of spoiler a little bit along the way. You know, like you know, he'll put some somebody that's in the yellow jersey. He might eliminate them in the third round. He might do that a few times. You know, really be kind of a spoiler and enjoy that role. You know. Because he's getting the swung song. This is your, you know, tons of interviews with him. Your last event at Bells, your yeah. last event at Snapper. How do you feel? I mean, there's going to be so much Kelly Swan song story next year on tour that he's just going to relish in that, and and maybe be a spoiler a few times, and perhaps win at one or two events. He could win an event or two for sure. Here's the reality, though. If Kelly knew that was true, if Kelly knew that it, what you're suggesting, what I'm suggesting, was a fact, I don't think he'd even do 2019. He's not going to do 2019 unless he thinks he can win the title. Right? Hmm, There's no know. chance he would do the uh, the tour thinking that he's not going to win the title. Well, if you look if he puts his business goggles on, it makes sense for him to do it from a business standpoint, from a Kelly Slater not brand. Necessarily. Dude, to go out like he's the last 5 years gotten bumped down the rankings to the point that he was in 20th something position, then he gets injured, so he has to sit down. It's like you've been forced off of tour. I mean, legitimately, he's been forced off of tour. That's not a great way to go down. You want to drop the mic. You want to win an event, I think drop the mic, and then go out. Everybody that goes on tour thinks goes out going, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the world champion this year. I think you'd be silly not to have that mindset, even if even if it's myopic and it's not going to happen. I think a lot of guys go, I'm going to make – I'm going to – Get on my rookie year, learn the ropes, then I'm going to make the top ten, then I'm going to vie for a title. They have yeah. practical approaches. But Kelly's got to be... He's a hes a world title or nothing guy. Yeah. For sure. Anyway, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I don't Where know. does he finish in this event? I could see him in the finals. I could too, I guess, yeah. Especially if the waves are going to do what they're doing. Yeah, the waves are pumping. In- and he's he, coming off of injury. I don't, I, I don't know if he's surfing a lot or what, but... Yeah, I could see him as a finalist. What's your claim? Like Julian beats Kelly in the final. In the final. Wow. Okay. I'm I'm claiming Kelly quarterfinal finish. Cool. Kelly quarterfinal finish is my claim. That's that's safe. Yeah, it is. Awfully safe. safe It is safe. That's what I do. Oh my god. Um. All right, Scott. What do you got? Must see moment. Yeah, my must see moment is um. There's pretty cool youtube clip of torn martin oh and he's basically kind of dissecting his all twin fin quiver from I'd love five to see this. four to seven five he goes over um the guy who's making his board simon something or other from morning of the earth morning of the earth surfboards and it's this twin fin quiver and a guy who's been making me boards and actually the guy who's on the next boardroom podcast is ryan sakel from arise surfboards so and ryan's been making me a couple boards and ryan and i were talking he he sent me this link he's like what do you think about me making you something like this so i'm thinking about getting like a longer twin fin just to see where it takes me long fish 
No, it would be more like a kind of a contemporary outline, you know, like, okay. but like a round pin with deep channels. Mm. I'm thinking maybe anywhere between 610 and 74. I don't know yet. I'm still trying to wrap. I might even go quad. I don't know. But anyway, Torn Martin inspired us to, to look into this. And there's some great surfing of him at Big Neos riding these twin fins and in Fiji and all over the place. And his home breaks there and some in New Zealand as well. So Torn Martin, Australian. It's called the All Twin Fin Quiver. It's on YouTube. You can also find it on Surfer Magazine. Spitpodcast.com also. Yes, thank you. Spitpodcast.com. And, of course, the Boardroom International Surfboard Show coming up May 4th and 5th, presented by U.S. Blanks. Our good friends at U.S. Blanks have been with us forever, and we appreciate their support. May 4th and 5th, 2019, I opened up booth sales, David, last week. I've already sold more than half of the booths in just a few days. Boom. So uh, we're honoring Wayne Lynch this year in the Tribute to the Master Shape Off, and it should be good. Awesome. I'm going to, uh, I haven't seen that Torn Martin vid. I'm psyched. I love Torn surfing, so I'll definitely check that out. Um, My must-see moment. By the way, Spy Optics supports the must-see moment. That's right. The must-see happy moment is what we're calling it. Um, They're still giving away that $500 gift certificate, by the way. Last month, we gave one to a listener who used our promo code PODCAST to purchase a pair of sunglasses on spyoptic.com. Everybody who uses the promo code goes into a raffle, and then Spy is giving away a $500 gift certificate to be used on their website. Wow. So they gave one last month and then one this month. The idea was all the fans who have supported them just want to say thanks and give them a Christmas gift of 500 bucks, which is no small fact uh, number. So you can use that to do some of your Christmas shopping if you win it. So if you've ever been on the, on the fence, buy yourself a pair of shades or goggles. My must-see happy moment, Scott, is Cam Richards in his father and son barrel at Pipeline. Cam Richards, well-known well known. East Coast surfer, making his way up the ranks. Unbelievable goofy-footed surfer. Goes out, packs the craziest barrel at pipe, not only like big and gnarly and deep, long, like multiple sections. And when you see him making it through, there's moments where he's like uh, levitating off of his board almost, like it's getting bumped up in the barrel and he comes back down over a foam ball, just gets the longest, craziest barrel and he's riding a board, an Edo that his dad, Kelly Richards, shaped for him for his 19th birthday, I believe, or 18th birthday. So Cam's a big enough celebrity now to where he's riding a lot of boards from a lot of big name shapers. But his dad is a homegrown board builder in uh, South Carolina, Myrtle Beach area. Um, And so his dad made him a new gun for his birthday. Cam takes it out at pipe, packs what I'm calling is not only the wave of the winter, it's the wave of the last five winters. Like it's the craziest pipeline barrel i've seen in a long time so that's my must-see moment scott good call that was that was fascinating that that swell pipe provided us with cam and with mark healy's incredible ride i'm I'm sure everyone saw it yeah unbelievable you might put that on the pod too maybe yeah for sure um and then there's like the great thing about nowadays too is there's so many angles of everything it's like there's at least two beach angles of cams then a drone angle as well that i just saw yesterday so um Tons for us to fan out about. Cool. Uh, I got a Duke and a Kook real quick. Yeah. Duke, Laird Hamilton for defending his and his neighbor's home during the Woolsey fires. Don't shake your head. <laughs> you did, did you see this? 
Well, I, you know what I heard? Here's what I'm, this is the reason I'm shaking my head. And, I, and it's, I could be just ignorant, and naive, and a dumb shit or whatever. But somebody told me that how, they basically go, isn't it convenient that Laird flies over to Kauai when there's like mass flooding and he gets killer footage of him like rescuing people. And then when there's a massive fire in Florida, in Malibu, he somehow is just conveniently has this great edit of him saving things. <laughs> He's like Captain America. And this guy, not me, this guy was talking to me. He was like raised eyebrows. He's like, hmm, you know, but thing is he's got homes in both places so it makes oh, sense um your buddy's uh cynicism isn't lost on me yes laird is absolutely exploiting his efforts to uh flex yeah to flex exactly that's perfect to flex but he's still doing it yeah and laird's been known to be doing this stuff <laughs> long before social media existed that's true. so the fact that he's documenting his life when he's being the superhero yes is fine with me i don't I care agree. because i don't want to be a hater on laird here's the reality is. A, i mean i don't really care either way but it was i do funny. it was funny cynicism from my buddy i it, was i even kind of called him i'm like dude give the guy a break he's here's what's crazy is laird has become this mythical figure for all of us he is because he doesn't age he's more shredded than <laughs> the most fit 23 year olds he's truly like and a greek god he is he is and he keeps delivering year after year and like <laughs> we can all make fun of him because he has these like laird superfoods like everything i'm gonna that he buy does, me some laird superfoods i need it now. to try if it. it helps you defend against wildfires i'll take it <laughs> but what's funny is he's become this caricature in our minds yes. of like you said captain america but the reality is it's all true like right. he's training harder than any of us oh yeah doing like these kind no. of modern me. modern next level um programs that are just being invented like with science you know and and when then, you think about it, too, oh, go ahead. So him defending the against the fire. This was Gabby Reese posts on Instagram. Yeah, yes, his wife's post. Yeah, he created, he manufactured some sort of a pumping mechanism <laughs> for his backyard pool. He's like MacGyver. He MacGyvered, and then like a firefighter shot water with a fire hose <laughs> out of his own backyard pool and defended his own house and his neighbor's house, protected him from the fires. And they God have, bless you. They man. have footage of the fires. It's freaking. It's Armageddon. Like the fire is right there at the yard, and he's fighting it That's out of so his own bad. backyard pool. It's more, crazy. More power to him. It's, I'm stoked for the guy. It's really I it's crazy. Great. I think it's great. So I'm a huge What's fan. What's not to love? Laird is the Duke. That's funny. By the way, I'll take the coop claim just because uh, we've made our fans wait a, a month for yes. a new episode of Spit. I also want to kind of share the coop claim with the WSL and the Facebook deal. So on this East Coast trip, I was hanging with fan, uh, fans and friends and stuff, and like number of them couldn't watch the WSL events because they don't have a Facebook account. These are hardcore surf fans. You have to have Facebook. I guess I have Facebook. Yes, <laughs> the the Jaws event you were able to watch on the app for some reason on the w WSL app, but the Sunset event you could only watch through the Facebook. Oh, you know what live. it was in Hawaii? They just it plays yeah. live on TV. Yeah, so Time, I was just watching it on TV. Time Warner. Yeah. Yeah. Or spectrum or whatever yeah but yeah so i know this was a hot topic six months ago the facebook deal but now that we're seeing it implemented i'm letting everybody know within the sound of this voice true hardcore surf fans yes. are not watching wsl events now that's wrong because they are not willing to get the facebook account for a lot of reasons that are justified by the way moral ethical reasons that they don't want a facebook account right 
and they now they can't watch their favorite thing in the world to watch. Yeah, they don't want like Russian bot news coming their way. Yeah. Thanks, so, Facebook. So just shout out there for everybody who has any interest at all. That's yeah. a reality. All right. Well, I guess that's it until two weeks from now when we do our next show. Let's do one before Christmas. Let's see when. Well, it's yeah. I'm around. Two weeks to the day to Christmas Eve. So let's squeeze one in before Christmas Eve. We'll try to do that. We'll do it. Let's commit. Okay. Scott Bass, it's been a pleasure, dude. Yes, David Lee Scales. Do we owe a shout-out to Shaq? Of course, Shaq. We're in the Shaq parking lot. We never actually entered the Shaq building today. But uh, here we are. Shaq. Surfing Heritage, Surfing Heritage Culture, Culture Center. Center. Yes. Thank good, you. Good friends the of, home studio. of the Spit Podcast. And uh, spyoptic.com, promo code podcast. And Neat Essentials, thank you. Yeah, and the Boardroom Podcast. I've got some good ones in the in the pipeline here. So um, Ryan Sakel will be Monday week from today yeah a week from today and then chris morrow will be following that and then i'm trying to get eden from dead kooks and i've got xanadu Epic. lined up too so long overdue i've been meaning to talk to him forever i would yeah. love to hear that yeah we'll see how that goes hopefully that'll pan out awesome okay well until next time adios and aloha Bye.